Welcome to the Innovation in Higher Education podcast, where we share the diverse views and perspectives of experts in higher education, HR, innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship from all around the world on topics related to the future of higher education and the future of work in an engaging, fresh, friendly, and very human format. Today's episode comes in partnership with Marije, the Master in Research and Innovation in Higher Education. Let's get started. Welcome to a new episode of the Innovation in Higher Education podcast. My name is Viviana Rojas. I am the director of Digitalmente, an innovation consulting firm for higher education and talent development. Today, I am joined by Emmanuel Burgoa, country officer for Latin America and the Caribbean at EITI, and one of our consultants at Digitalmente. We will both be your hosts for this episode. Hi, Emmanuel. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Very happy to be here with our special guest. Yeah, very nice. Now let's go into the topic of today. Today topic, Today's topic is change management in universities. And for this, we have the pleasure of being here with Attila Pausitz, head of the department and professor for higher education research and development at University for Continuing Education, CREMS. And he's also the academic director of Marije, the Master in Research and Innovation in Higher Education, with whom we will delve into the challenges, solution pathways, and best practices of managing change in universities. So let's give him a warm welcome. Hi, Attila. Nice to see you here after some time. Hi, hi Viviana. Hi, Emmanuel. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Topic of today is very, uh, It's. A, I think it's a very complex one. Um, we will talk about change management in universities and the process of change management, its challenges, um, the pathways for solutions and the best practices that maybe you can share with us that you know from university change management. Um, so I will start with a broad question uh, to, to open this huge discussion. So I would ask you, how do you see the general state of university change management state, especially after uh, the effects of the pandemic, especially after COVID-19? Well, thank you for this uh, in, indeed complex question, and most probably is not easy to answer this within a couple of uh, couple of minutes. Uh, huh? I, I, I will try. I, I will try <laughs> to do my best. Um, I, I remember a, a publication written by Mike Shattuck, a former editor of Warwick University, um, in his famous uh, book um, um, about the managing successful universities. He, he started uh, the publication with, uh, for me, a very kind of famous sentence saying that universities are not famous because of the willingness to change, but because of the um, research and teaching. Uh, today, we might add also third mission as an additional kind of pillar here. Um, but, but I think the, um, the, 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 the message here in this, uh, in this statement is, is quite clear that, of course, a, the, the focus, and if I look back in the past, the universities was not, you know, on organization, organizational issues, uh, or management of universities, but, but moderate was more related to, to the missions, the functions, the services um, of a, a of a university. Of course, and we all know that this has changed uh, towards uh, new public management, towards the um, increased autonomy of universities, um, partially also because of a. Our contributions as uh, higher education researchers into the field of studies about uh, universities and, and organizations. And we all know, of course, that universities and organizations are one of the most or oldest uh, organizational types on earth, besides the church and the, and the military. 
So starting with this, we are talking about a very old organization in terms of uh, not only functions, but also practices. Um, many of these practices are um, well written, um, related to quality assurance, quality enhancements, which uh, we already, uh, I think, uh, pushed forward in the last 20 years or so. Uh, but there is also many, many, when it comes to organization and change is not, you know, explicit, but implicit because of uh, the, the actors, the academics and the and the administration um, at, the, at the universities. And uh, nowadays we have even a, a third group of people, the, the third space uh, worker, it's Celia uh, um, Church, I think back in 2006, pointed out that uh, because of this, the increased complexity of uh, universities in terms of uh, um, you know, providing different services, there is also a need to, to in, um, introduce or develop additional competences and, and, and also functions within, uh, within universities. So what we are facing, and it was not, you know, is not only driven by COVID, uh, but we, we, we saw in the last uh, 20 years an increased kind of, a, you know, uh, complexity uh, coming from outside in terms of, you know, uh, what is required that the university should uh, provide, say, talking about employability, we could look back to the, the Bologna process, which was, I would think or say as a one major change uh, process, uh, still ongoing one in the, in the history of, of higher education. And of course, you could uh, name another a long list of different aspects like accountability, lifelong learning, internationalization. So uh, looking back, I think there is an, uh, the universities are in a continuous change process because of different services and activities. Um, which um, just, uh, you know, they developed in the last uh, decade or so. So um, my first statement was, well, they are not really willing to, 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 to change, but in fact, they are entirely, you know, or changing all the time. So, and then we had, or we got COVID. And yeah. if I look back uh, to, uh, you know, the last two, three years, I, I, I had a feeling, uh, and uh, there's also a number of uh, research um, showing this or, or um, underlining this, that this, this entire adoption at the universities, uh, of course, in one institution a bit better and another not that good, but in general, universities managed uh, uh, the COVID pandemic in, in a good way. And I think that when it comes to change, um, and, and, and maybe based on the, this example of, of, of COVID, I would, I would see three or even four elements here. One is a, a, um, the development of, a, a, of the profession. So we, we see an, 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 a, a huge improvement in terms of uh, staff competences, uh, um, also uh, provided uh, by internal training and, and, and uh, human resource development. Um, linked to the uh, the strategy and and, and function of, of of universities. So as we all know, the staff is always uh, the key. One could argue, but saying that, but the staff is the key. But uh, this is also the limitation somehow uh, when it comes to 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 change. And here, a what we also observe that in a very moment, the pain is bigger not to change. Uh, comparison to be, you know, to remain in the same position and the same uh, structure. Um, so that you, if you increase the pain, you, you, you 
you push forward the change uh, also. And I think COVID really, it was a really painful, uh, you know, a kind of uh, um, experience. Um, and also experiment for for most of the uh, of the universities. Um, and I, I think there's professional uh, support services talking about teaching and learning, human resource development, but also this, this uh, openness of a, a, what do you would call this, the academic habitus. So I have a problem, I need a solution. And I think that was, that was also clear that uh, uh, it was also not only driven by uh, those structures and the, and, the, um, and the academics, but also towards the leadership of, of universities. So that would be my, my third point here. Uh, to 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 name or mention that without the proper leadership, you can't really uh, develop, uh, you know, or implement uh, change processes. Um, and maybe the the, uh, the 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 fourth one um, is about um, you know professional management management practices, including tools and, and instruments. However, I'm a bit also not skeptical, but I, I think we 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 um, with the new public management kind of wave we had a very strong focus on, on instruments and tools. And I think this is, uh, it was a, maybe at the early stage was the right kind of, you know, um, enabler or, or kind of a, uh, an instrument to bring in change by saying, okay, now you, we have an e-learning tool. We have a new uh, a, um, research uh, management, a process management uh, tool uh, in, in, in place whatsoever. But of course, with all these this, uh, instruments, we um, and, uh, mainly support, uh, um, well, software supports uh, a, um, tools. We also ended up uh, with a kind of a certain standardization of, of practices inside the, inside the universities. Um, so change brought um, uh, also kind of a, a homogeneous uh, approaches in, uh, at, at universities. And this is also what we saw um, towards the, the COVID pandemic that, uh, um, you know, using the same tools, um, using the same approaches we had, uh, we ended up also to, to, to develop uh, pretty much the same quality of services um, over the, uh, um, you know, over the um, different institutional, institutional um, types. Of course, with some, some limitations, we, we all know uh, related to, you know, the possibility to run an online class or you have to go to the laboratory because it is required. So I, I think that it's uh, also clear that this is not, uh, you know, uh, one 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 fits uh, for all kind of approach. Also, when it comes to comes to change, you know, the change management, we have we did not talk about the cultural element. So to uh, implement the change process in Germany, uh, most probably will be definitely different to implement the change process in Mexico or in Greece. And I think this, these are also these cultural elements. Um, uh, besides, you know, that we 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 have this 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 uh, bill, uh, this this uh, picture of a university, um, which is not a homogeneous uh, one. So there's a lot of diversity. But of course, we have a specialized universities, we have a comprehensive universities, and so on and so on. So I think that this is also this, this institutional context uh, is, uh, is is important when it comes to comes to change. However, very often these change processes are kind of driven by um, uh, by a system level changes, whether European uh, uh, policies or, or national national policies. 
And uh, I mean, the, just to give you an example, the, the new uh, European Universities Initiative is uh, a such, such a, I would say, an instrument to force change, to, to ask for more collaboration and, and cooperation, cooperation between um, um, universities. So maybe that could be a kind of an intro, I'm talking about the change management. And, and again, I think that say, COVID is, is just an example. What I see here, a danger, that, a, um, that we, we get into a, a kind of an institutional a practice uh, saying, oh, we managed COVID, it's, it was a great achievement, let's go back to normal. So let's return, you know, the, the old fashioned, which we all know, all practices, processes. And I think that this is also a danger if you, if you go through such a major uh, change process and then suddenly you say, okay, um, well, it's over. So let's go back to, to, the, to, the, to the old practices uh, because we all love them. And, uh, and I think this is the, 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 the period of time where many universities kind of, kind of trying to negotiate or try to find a solution here, which change elements they should keep and what are those elements which we do not need um, so that in the future we can just uh, replace them with maybe old practices um, at the institutional level. You have actually mentioned many points that I noted down uh, that I wanted to cover, especially this last thing that you said, that one of now the main question, and this is a question that has arise, uh, yeah, that has arose um, not only uh, in this interview, but in previous interviews I've had with other uh, higher education experts, that we're all wondering if change will uh, be sustained now that COVID is ending, you know, because then, of course, COVID was a trigger for change. COVID was an, an additional external pressure for change. Um, but now uh, that things are going back to normal, we are going back to presentiality. The threat, I think the major threat for change is that we go to the old ways because it's easier, you know, like for many people, especially for many people in university, uh, in higher education institutions, change hasn't been something uh, easy to accept or some something easy to adapt to. So uh, yeah, so now I think that's the main threat uh, for for advancing. Maybe uh, what would you what would you say about it? What is your opinion about it? Um, I, I just coming back to the sentence Mike Shattuck said uh, the the willingness. I think the, the 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 key element here is the the willingness, the willingness of individuals, the, the willingness of uh, organizational units, and the willingness of the leadership of the of the of the university. Um, and I I think there is a, a when it comes to willingness, you could you know uh, kind of keep this willingness in a high level in a way that you 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 bring in additional change uh, initiatives uh, which might be not linked only to COVID but other you know re reorganizational uh, ideas or practices um, and the, the question is shall we keep the the level of, of of the heat so to say as we had in the last two years in terms of you know you have to change you have to be uh, adaptive you have to become uh, you know open-minded towards say uh, those 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 changes. Or uh, with this, we destroy an institutional integrity being one of the oldest uh, organizational forms on earth. So how much of this willingness is needed 
in order to to meet the organizational goals and the um, maybe reposition the, your your own your own university to introduce new services whatsoever. So I think this is a this is a also a, a strategic um, kind of uh, issue here. Um, how to you know how to balance this um, um, this uh, or how to find the balance between stability and change. Because if you are always in the changing mode, then you are losing stability. I think this is very dangerous because you need a stability. You, you have to offer your students, your professors, your administration, those uh, you know, cornerstones which say, okay, this is stable. This is going to be stable. And one could you know, argue that this is the academic culture. Another could argue that definitely this is not what we want. We really want to change our culture. But I think it's very crucial to identify those, you know, points and elements which should remain stable, mm -hmm. and also identify those elements has to be changed in order to meet the strategy and the mission of the of the university in the in in the, in the future. And I think that many of us, most probably, uh, are a bit tired, um, just looking back to the last two years, uh, regarding this, you know, learning path we went through, I think with a kind of a fast forward movement, I think we developed a number of, you know, um, new skills, which are, you know, competences and services, which most probably we would develop if it would be a normal speed in, you know, in five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. We did it in, it in a two years, you know, period. And now the question um, do we need uh, to take a rest just to, you know, to, to, um, to avoid burnout? <laughs> I mean, this is also, yes. I mean, if you, if you look to the, to the, you know, psychological uh, issues around students, uh, um, academic stuff, yes. there is, there are issues here definitely yes, yes. around, around. And, uh, so, you know, changes, um, and I think this is maybe something that we, we should look at and, not only regarding COVID, but in general, when it comes to change, the unintended consequences. So what are the unintended consequences of a change process? Very often, uh, we are so focused on, on, on the targets and you know, the goals we want to, to reach or get uh, uh, towards this change process that we, that we forget about uh, the unintended consequences. And, and I think that this is something that when it comes to policy formations, when it comes to institutional change, when it comes to the introduction, like uh, in the case of Austria, a, of a new kind of a approach or a, a, a model of a, a continuing education, academic continuing education, um, then, uh, then it's always uh, uh, also a question, okay, I'm going to change this. What happened with the other parts? So what are the consequences somewhere else, which is maybe not on my on my screen, because this is not my focus um, in the in in the in the change. But I think this is this is very important that that we reflect and also we see uh, not only the trees but the forest when it comes to change. Mm -hmm. Am I, I don't know if you have. Um, yeah, I mean, I have many many thoughts here. Um, I I would like to say because. You're talking about like um, like recommendations, no? How we should see like changing the organizations. But I'm willing to to hear about actually what is from your perspective happening in the European landscape. Are 
what would you say is actually happening? Like, are universities uh, willing to change, changing currently? Are they keeping this pace of change or uh, that came after COVID? Or are they just going back to old practice, like in practice, what is happening? And we, we were talking also about like um, COVID as a factor that triggered change in, catalyzer, in universities. Yeah. A catalyzer. Yes. But I'm I'm keen to hear what you think about other factors that are also triggering change very recently, like the energy crisis worldwide, like the energy transition worldwide, like more and more we see like these demands. Labor and market in, demands as well. And, and although the COVID, of course, had a super huge impact in universities, the energy transition and the energy uh, crisis worldwide is having a huge impact too in the world. So how are universities coping mm -hmm. with this? Are they, are they seeing like uh, a real factor of change here? Yeah, of, of, of course, the, you know, the, the question is, is about well, we're talking about the kind of a short term, mid term, long term changes. Um, many of these, uh, you know, the COVID, the, the recent uh, energy crisis, these are rather kind of, you know, a very short kind of um, effect. So just in kind of an emergent situation we, we, we are right now. Uh, and I think there is a danger that with this kind of major challenges, we call them, you know, the COVID or the energy issue these, these days, we for, forget about the other elements or parts of a, you know, a, of, an, of an organization. And then they push forward um, this uh, kind of a, key um, issues, key challenges we, we are facing. And, and then we forget about all the other ones they are in, you know, in, in place. Um, and it, it's a short term, I think that that could work. But in the midterm and long term, I think that this is this that could be a, a, a real disaster. Um, and then if, if you look back to the last 20 years, we have always this kind of, you know, um, heated debate uh, dedicated to kind of buzzwords or, or key topics like access, funding, um, maybe even this, this issue around third mission and, and engagement. Um, but there, you know, there are other issues um, in uh, there or in place. And uh, you know, today we are talking about energy. And uh, just uh, uh, since uh, two days, some some students. Uh, I took over some seminar rooms and the um, um, dedicated Austrian universities to kind of demonstrate against this, you know, recent uh, developments regarding climate, regarding energy, and regarding also how the government um, deals with uh, these uh, this, this challenges and uh, uh, and and what kind of support uh, they gave to universities to overcome this, this you know, energy crisis. And uh, um, so I, I think these are these are crucial issues, and and these are those issues which are kind of predominantly presented in media. But there are many many other issues which are now under under the radar. And and I think this is if we if we have this focus always on one key topic or you know one issue, then then we 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 are kind of running in danger that we we, we forget about the complexity. We forget about other services, other elements which are which are also uh, important and 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 key. Um, and so this is this, you know the issue of, of so, uh, 
domination of certain issues in, in you know, in the, in the change process or in organizational development. Uh, and then the complex organizations universities, universities are. So um, I think that this is a kind of a danger that maybe we forget about, you know, parts which are um, crucial and important while pushing dedicated issues, uh, you know, in the front of our discussion about, um, about, um, about higher education. And uh, I mean, uh, just I mean, we, we could, you know, take this as the point of, of, of COVID or this, this, the, the recent crisis, and we could look at this from different angles and perspectives, like what does it mean, you know, for career development? What, you know, what, what, what's about gender issues, um, you know, in the given setting? Um, I think that this is a kind of a, a, a very complex um, uh, element and issue, and, and because you asked me about the willingness, and, and our universities are in a kind of a change, changing mode. They are. They are always, you know, they are always in a kind of a changing uh, mode. Uh, I mean, you know, it's an organization looking back to the uh, the bottom-heavy or you know the loosely coupled system of a university towards an entrepreneurial um, a university. So I think these are kind of conceptual frameworks which are kind of dominating also our discussion or about an idle uh, university type. And and uh, in the very same time, you ask also for you know the positioning universities. But if you push one idle kind of concept of university, like the entrepreneurial university, to the to the you know to the to the kind of a forefront, and you ask more or less all universities to, to become an entrepreneur university. I think this is a, this is a huge danger that, that you create, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, 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 a similar solution for all of our challenges. And I'm not that entirely sure that this is the right way. So I think diversity in terms of organizational structures, culture, a, also missions is, uh, is, is needed. But of course we have, and it comes to, you know, the notion of university, most probably all of us uh, here in this chat, but, uh, you know, um, even globally, we have a picture, you know, what a university is. So we have a kind of a, a um, is it the DNA, which we would say, okay, this is the DNA of the university. And, uh, and then um, the question is how, how much we should or can change this, this DNA in the future. So, you know, between uh, innovation, organizational innovation and integrity is a very thin line. And there is a danger that with innovation, we destroy integrity. On the other hand, if you are not kind of moving with a society, if we do not respond to the needs, uh, then we uh, lose also, um, you know, our uh, innovation capacity and with it also our integrity. So I think this is, uh, this is not an easy issue here. And therefore, I think professional leadership is needed. People are able to, to lead those changes. Uh, we we uh, recently um, uh, published a report a, on a efficiency and investment in, 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 in education in a more you know, efficient way. And, and this is not an easy to, you know, so where should you put your effort, resources, your, your money, 
in order to facilitate change or improve our um, uh, higher education. And we have some, uh, some evidences coming from um, um, you know, the field of research with some, some data, uh, but we, we, we have also some blind spots. We don't have any idea, you know, what is, is an efficient investment. So what would be, you know, uh, the kind of an, an outcome or the impact especially um, of this of this change um, in the in, in the future. At this very moment, I think most of the universities are navigating in a kind of in a short term perspective, adding, and this is very dangerous. So we we should keep also the mid term and long term perspective, even though we are in a kind of an emergent mode because of COVID and because of the crisis um, related to energy. Um, I have. Uh, a question about something that you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned uh, the concept of integrity in universities, uh, integrity in academic institutions. Can you go a bit deeper on this? What What do you exactly mean by integrity? Do you mean uh, do you use this concept as a synonym of uh, the DNA of the university, or how are you using it in this in this um, context? Yeah, I think the integrity is a kind of a, a, a complex concept here again uh, i think it's about it's about uh, first of all it's about values so what are you know just going back to this dna uh, kind of statement uh, from before uh, so we have core values uh, we have yes. core missions yes um so we have a a kind of an understanding about academia yeah. um and uh, um and this is a kind of uh, uh, and uh, and we also developed a kind of a trustful relationship between society and academia or universities. Uh, in some cases, it's more connected to public higher education. We all know that in some cases, even connected in some countries to private higher education. So there is also kind of a, a diverse picture here. But this kind of relationship has been fundamentally influenced in the last years in terms of fake news, in terms of how far we trust universities, how far we trust academics in, you know, in recent debates. And, and this is, I think, uh, an issue of, of this institutional integrity. So how can we keep this integrity in order to develop a trustful partnership with the society and all societies? And I think this is, this is a, a, a fundamental question for us as academics, for units, and also for entire institutions in order to keep this you know, integrity, to rely on the, the, the fundamental kind of DNA. We, we would see that this is, this is a university um, and uh, try to you know, be still open towards innovation. And then I think this is uh, one issue here is speed. So if you are too fast, then you most likely could lose your integrity if you, if you bring in too much of change into an organization. And this is not only the university, but in most probably in any uh, organization um, would, be the, uh, would be the case that it's too fast. I know that in the, um, there are also examples also in the theory and the practice saying that fast change is needed and therefore uh, you know in order to to destroy all the the defending walls in an organization the easiest way is just to you know move fast 
I think a very good example is Twitter uh, these, um, uh, these days, which is, uh, I think, not a good example in, yeah. in terms of organizational uh, change. But, it's, yeah. but it's, I think it's a good example of, you know, the, the issue of speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this is a, for universities, I, I don't think that speed is the, is the right, right answer because speed would kind of really bring uh, a danger of um, regarding institutional, institutional um, in, in, in integrity. On the other hand, we, we know that uh, universities are kind of an engine, engine or should uh, become an engine for innovation. So we need also to trans, transfer our research into, into innovation. We have to open uh, towards you know, societal needs. We have to develop uh, uh, services like technology and knowledge transfer uh, and so on and so on. So um, by saying this, we still need to rely on the first and second mission, I would say. So the, I, I mentioned at the beginning the third mission as a third pillar. In fact, this, this third pillar is not an independent pillar, but the third mission is in fact linked to um, or supported by the first and second mission of, uh, of, of, of universities. So, um, and I think that that's, that's maybe the, the, the issue here regarding you know, institutional institutional in- integrity and of course there is a lot already written you know how to, how to keep this integrity by certain standards by certain you know so the the role of a senate uh, the the role of different uh, units in in in, uh, in uh, uh, providing uh, research and and teaching services um and uh, uh but 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 that's still um i i think this is a you know if you always just kind of respond and not so if you are always reacting but we can't really be acting uh, as a kind of you know always just responding to certain needs there is also a a, a danger that uh, I think in English you, you call it wake the dog so that that you are not really an entirely entirely you know uh, kind of a, um, in a position that, that you control your own organization, but others are controlling you um, because of this, um, these approaches um, um, to meet the, the, the um, accept, uh, um, expectations of others. Yeah, which is, I think, in a way, what has been happened uh, with this huge uh, account. I mean, when we talk about integrity, trust, we have to talk about accountability, NPM, and the reaction that universities are having to this, the homogenization of, uh, you know, universities. So the question is, how far are we going to go uh, or how far universities are go, going to go there, right? But I, I would argue here that, uh, I mean, while universities are, of course, entitled to have their own values and integrity, they also have a social responsibility, you know, because they are part of a social yeah, the social context universities are have to be uh, active players in the betterment of societies especially given third mission so there is a huge uh, like social responsibility uh, on the shoulders of universities i think and you were mentioning um that universities have to be uh like um how, how does it go like um producers of innovation and research but as well they have uh, a big responsibility with students to be uh, producers of talent, right? And one of the main uh, 
one of the main desirable outputs or outcomes that students expect from their experiences in universities is the is the ability to after their studies enter in the labor market uh and enter entering the labor market with uh the required skills that would make them competitive uh out there you know outside the academic environment so when you were mentioning the speed of change and when you were mentioning is it is it really good to rush universities into into change is it is it dangerous is it, is it threatening or not um, i would argue that um given the like the the whole context not only the academic context but bringing together what's happening with society what's happening in the industry speed is kind of necessary in this case right because universities universities are lagging behind change for many years this doesn't come from the pandemic and universities uh, uh have have uh, as you mentioned are one of the most traditional institutions that exist at the moment, uh, next to the church, which is a big thing to say, um, which is a big com comparison to make. Um, so from my question right now is like, is the issue of speed at the moment still would still be considered under the same circumstances of speed, given the fact that it's something that it's long overdue. So right now it's kind of, we need to hurry up a bit, right? To, to make out, make up for all these years that we're lagging behind it's not something that just arised yesterday and now we're rushing it's something that comes from a long tradition and long story decades that people are talking about the what is the new or what should be the new role of universities how universities should change why are they not changing um so so what kind of speed are them are we talking about right now yeah, well yeah, I, I think when it comes to speed, we we, we see um, different uh, approaches, um, um, and and the, the the issue of speed is most probably also linked to a number of factors like how old this particular university is, how big is this particular university is, uh, you know, uh, where is this, this university embedded? Uh, who are the competitors? How fast the competitors are moving? Uh, so I think uh, um, you know there's a number of there's a number of elements which um, uh, definitely would Im influence the issue of, of of speed. However, it doesn't matter how fast you or how slow you uh, you know you you drive, you should have a good engine. Yes. And I think this is the this is the most crucial one. So to to establish those you know practices, um, competences, professional working environment. To be able to, to to facilitate change and and manage these these changes, which we all, all obviously know that this is you know this is not a stable game. So this is uh, you know an ongoing kind of uh, uh, adoption is is, is 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 needed. And uh, uh, I think that this is something uh, that maybe some of the institutions are a bit too slow. Um, as you just said uh, before, and that should speed up. Um, but I think before they speed up, they should really think about how they, you know, facilitate those those changes and what should they do and how could they, you know, uh, manage this in the in the in the in the in a in a in a, in a good way in a short, mid or long term uh, perspective. And I think this is this is not about revolution. This is about the evolutionary process. And I think speed really could uh, destroy the integrity if you do too fast, especially 
not in a professional manner way. And this is something that uh, I always um, see as a, as a huge difference between a company, the business sector and the university. Um, a company would search for, you know, a good solution in a given situation. And the university is searching always for the best solution on earth. And this is related to you know, the academic habitus. And very often we ended up in a number of, you know, kind of heated discussions about change and change processes inside uh, universities. Um, and uh, uh, simply because, you know, which, which are kind of driven, not, you know, we need a solution right now instead of um, you know saying well um, we need a solution forever and I think this is something that we we have to accept that uh, in the very moment we develop a strategy and we start to implement the strategy at some point this strategy is outdated already because of the dynamics it's just to said before that there is uh, so much uh, changing that you can't really you know uh, adopt in the same in, an, in the same speed so, you know, talking about employability, um, so you, you, you start to develop a program, you offer courses, you develop the competences, and, and, and this just simply takes time. And at the very end, you develop those graduates, um, and then the market would tell you, uh, okay, well, 80% fine, but 20% is just outdated, just these, these competences. And then the question is how to, how to deal with this. And... For, for that, for example, we just started at my university a, a research project on, on a, uh, meta competences. So competences which are not entirely related to you know, a, a given employability setting. It's just, you know, for example, the ability to learn or the ability to communicate the learning. So those kind of competences which you could use in a more transversal uh, context, one, and the second, and this is an ongoing debate in, the, in, the, in, in Europe regarding the, the so-called European values. And I think higher education is a bit more than only developing competences. This is also about developing values, attitudes. And, and here I think, uh, just coming back to this institutional integrity, if we always turn towards the market needs, we might also forget about these values and, you know, and the um, assumptions which we should kind of think of when it comes to, um, for example, teaching and, 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 and learning. So I, I, I see this issue of values, um, something that is a bit under the radar in the given, in the given setting. And I think that this is something that we, we should maybe discuss. So what are the the values of a, a, of a university um, today, and what are the values in, in for example, in five or, or 10 years um, uh, time? And uh, um, yeah, I'm uh, happy to maybe to listen to another podcast where you're discussing the issue of values with some other experts in the future. Yes, that's a good topic actually, because um, from my perspective, uh, if, uh, if you have your values clear, it like you have a lot of flexibility in your actions. So there's a difference between the actions that you take and the values that are underlying this act, this act, uh, yeah, the values that are underlying these actions. So 
I would say that if you if university in the case of universities, um, uh, that abiding to market needs doesn't necessarily have to be uh, or have to contrast or be contrary to to the values that the university establishes. Because if, for example, if a university establishes a value that we will serve, we will be uh, working towards serving society or societal needs and you know, then this becomes a societal need, like adapting to the market becomes a societal need. So therefore, university abiding by their values will go into this, right? And so maybe right now we have to, maybe we're talking about redefining, as you mentioned, redefining the values of universities at the moment, you know, like comparing what is the, and of course, bringing into, into account what is the role of universities uh, now in society with this context, no? You also mentioned something about um, uh, that, uh, that universities often search for the best solution for something, not for, not, not, not for a short-term solution, but for the best solution. And this is why it sometimes takes so much time to do something or to apply, uh, uh, to apply change in general. But I would argue as well that uh, in a changing environment like the one we are facing now, uncertainty and all these all these mega trends that we already mentioned, searching for the best solution and waiting to have the best solution is maybe not the right approach because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? So maybe here an agile approach uh, is is more uh, fit, right, to this. So what is the like what is the response from universities to that um i i think you have here two two possible approaches one is the forced change and another is an unforced change mm -hmm. um the forced change this is i think much easier because this is something that you 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 can deal with right so you develop a change process uh, maybe you invite even an external expert to to facilitate this entire support this change process you have your clear uh, goals and you know procedures how to get there uh, but you know besides this kind of change formal change initiatives you have also unforced change uh, processes which which are again under the radar um, if you you know if you hire a new professor if you start a new program um, I mean Erasmus Mundus is an excellent example that uh, you know, we wanted to, um, for example, in my case at my university, we, we wanted to support the internationalization strategy with an Erasmus Mundus program. Mm -hmm. And the Erasmus Mundus program changed from inside uh, the institution, which was not a forced change. It was, an, in fact, an unforced change in order to be able to facilitate such a, a new program for a very first time at the, at the, at the university. So, um, and I think this is, this is also an aspect which we should take into consideration or when it comes to, you know, a, um, a um, staff uh, uh, development uh, towards, uh, you know, hiring new professors, uh, next generation uh, kind of uh, scholars. Uh, I think these, uh, these are also um, an immediate, they have an immediate effect on, you know, on the institution. And you can do this by a specific selection procedures in order to have a, a, the best fit, um, you know, between the the new colleague and the and the unit or the or the university. Um, 
but but definitely uh, these new colleagues will bring in also some new ideas which you had not on your radar uh, so far when you when you run the, the the selection. So, and the question is how to how to monitor, how to how to evaluate these unforced changes, um, which are just you know happening in a more evolutionary, not that much controlled way, uh, because the you know usually you have this uh, the big picture uh, initiatives. Okay, we want to introduce. Uh, a new in, um, internetization strategy. We are going to do this and this. We have just those tasks and deliverables and so on. Um, and then you have the the other part, which is just uh, you know from one day to, an, to another just happened, and you don't you know you ask yourself, okay, how how you know how can how can this happen? We we did not you know it was not intended. Um, and I think this is uh, this was said before. It's unintended consequences of. Of those those change uh, uh, initiatives and and you are right um, to be agile as you know as good as possible is always always uh, good um, to to be you know able also to maneuver and here again of course the size of the university you know institutional practices and so on and so on uh, definitely has an impact on or have an impact on 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 this. Um, 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 yeah, attitude of, uh, of of being flexible. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, this is very interesting, and this is very complex, as you said. <laughs> I think all these uh, topics, and it's actually very interesting because sometimes I think it's it's. Uh, I've seen this very frequently when we evaluate uh, problems, programs, change in the organizations. Uh, it it seems. To be very easy if we take a model and we try to apply something but in fact it's super complex sometimes changing the organizations there are many underlying uh problems unintended consequences that we have to take um into consideration and now i'm a, a bit curious to hear because we have heard from from um the higher education perspective but the higher the universities are working with another actors, external stakeholders. What would you say these external stakeholders can uh, do to support universities in this path of change? Uh, is there anything like any recommendations you might have for, let's say, industry, uh, government stakeholders, uh, how to strengthen this and how to support universities? Um. Of course, I mean this issue of third mission, um, um, uh, community engagement, uh, uh, services—you uh, name them—are uh, kind of very crucial in order to to detect the needs, um, also to leave the ivory tower, um, and also to be to be able to to develop a common understanding. And uh, very often. The first issue or challenge is the language, so that the community partners or a business uh, talking a different language is academia uh, doing. Uh, the second is the missing arena, so there is not that many uh, opportunities to interact uh, with the um, with the with the with the university. So how to become a, a university and an open organization in one hand side, but just remember my statement wake the dog so it's also you know if you always just listen to the outside word 
and then you try to adapt and you know the one group is telling you this another group is telling you that so how to maneuver through how to how to balance these expectations and kind of a uh, 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 shareholder value um, um, approach so how to be open but also integer is not that easy to 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 manage and most probably each of these parts you you you, you mentioned would say ask for different activities and services um, when it comes to the, 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 the university. And the question is how to manage this, this complexity. And the answer was in the past to give more um, autonomy to institutions in order to, you know, create a more closer relationship, to be more uh, also free to establish those uh, relationships so you don't need a kind of a... Um, the support of the of the of the ministry or a, a decision making process uh, where a ministry is, is involved. So autonomy was a was an answer um, here uh, in the past. However, it it seems that uh, some of the higher education systems recognized also that autonomy brought also some kind of the, the negative issues or, or challenges like how to deal with complexity. And, uh, and many of the uh, recent uh, um, you know, rectors and presidents of universities are saying that in the given setting, we are not able to deal with this complexity in the same way. So we have to reduce our complexity. Uh, and this is you know, it's institutional strategy and saying, okay, we are doing this, but we are definitely not doing that. And this is a challenge within the organization to make this decision and also support this. Um, this means you have inside the organizational university winners and losers, at least in their perspective. And then you have the outside world and say, okay, this university is not talking to us, is not willing to work with us. And then, okay, so what is the, you know, if such complaint arrives, so what, you know, especially when it comes to public university, so what is the public mission of the university to exclude, for example, you know, some of uh, the actors? And I think this is also a huge danger here that, that, you, that you run if you, with, you, know, you include or dedicate with a dedicated focus and at the very same time you exclude some other actors and some other players. So how to manage resources? Um, this is the, the, the key question. And some universities uh, and leaders already called to reduce the autonomy of institutions in order to be able to deal with the uh, complexity, but not at the institutional level, but at the system level. So quite interesting you know, uh, development that we, um, we, we were kind of a, quite sure that with autonomy, we would be able to manage this you know, external relationships in, in a better way and now we see also that because of the complexity and the and also the dynamics, there is a real challenge in the, you know in institutional management also for the leadership to deal with this kind of uh, complexity in a in a good way. Um, and I think this is about inclusion and exclusion, um, which is not that not that easy to you know to maneuver or also manage and negotiate inside a university, but also as also outside and and for this reason um a um a um a recent european project uh, a, a started to develop a tool for example to 
to detect, to evaluate, to identify um, institutional practices toward community engagement. So with this tool, from the institutional perspective, you can kind of describe your engagement practices. So at least you have a picture in order to make decisions later on. Um, and this is the Tepster toolbox. And now we are in the, in, involved in the, Pepsi, in the kind right? of Tepsi. And now we are in the, in the follow-up uh, initiative, the uh, Shepsi, uh, where we try to develop uh, also uh, policy recommendations, uh, how to support institutions to manage uh, community engagement in the, in the, in the future. Um, and I think this is a very complex issue, uh, which is, uh, which is uh, a, something that most probably will uh, lead to future initiatives, research, and hopefully uh, also uh, supports and the leadership and also academics to be able to deal with, um, uh, you know, I think very, very important and, 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 and uh, um, crucial um, elements like service learning. So we, we know that service learning is, is, is an excellent, you know, instrument um, to be integrated in the, into the curriculum and offer students the, you know, um, real kind of, um, ask uh, real challenge problems mm -hmm. uh, and deal with external partners in teaching and learning processes. But mm -hmm. it's also, you know, a lot of work and re requires also additional competences by the uh, academics or teachers there on these this, this courses. So how to support this, how to provide a, a proper, you know, partner, how to find this partner outside the, outside the university, who should be responsible for this partner seeking? Is it the, you know, the lecturer who is in charge of the service learning um, exercise? Is it a kind of a central unit uh, which is, you know, in charge of these external relations? So I think this is, these are also different uh, approaches and practices here at the institutional level. Um, and I think that this is uh, something, uh, uh, again, not a one uh, fits for all uh, solution, um, solution here. But this managing the external external relations, I think this is a, a topic for for me as an academic, is a topic a, uh, for me as a head of a unit uh, or a dean, and of course uh, the uh, director or president of the of the university. Um, retaking our conversation, uh, Emmanuel had to leave for uh, another meeting, so he had to leave the this podcast recording, but. Um... But there's no problem. We're still here with Attila. Um, so Attila, following up on our conversation and just as a closure as well, because we have been discussing this matter for already, I think, one hour. Um, I would like to uh, to ask you about what is your opinion uh, about the ways of moving forward with change, given all these issues that we have discussed. You know, the complexity in universities that not one not one size fits all. Uh, model of change for universities, uh, the matter of speed as yeah. well, the values and all these integrity, integrity related issues that you were talking. So, given all these complex factors, uh, what do you think is the way forward for, uh, yeah, for managing change in universities for actually, for actually establishing a change management strategy that works in universities? I give you two kind of a corner uh, examples two extremes, mm -hmm. right? So one extreme is um, the recently established uh, um, initiative by the European Commission to develop uh, the, the so-called European universities. 
mm-hmm. where you know a number of universities should uh, work together, develop a joint a mission, a strategy, and implement jointly certain uh, activities in uh, teaching, research, and uh, and uh, and outreach and services. Um, which I think, you know, given this institutional complexity of each and every university, you increase the complexity uh, by putting, you know, a number of universities uh, together. And we see also very large consortiums where, you know, 16, 18 universities should work together. And I'm not entirely sure that this, this could or will work uh, because of the given institutional complexities and uh, higher education or education in, uh, in, in general is still a national issue. So we have this uh, also when it comes to funding, when it comes to uh, regulations. This is, we have still this, you know, the, the national kind of power in place. Um, another uh, extreme is um, that you reduce, uh, you know, your complexity by, um, you know, developing very specialized uh, uh, universities more and more because a specialized uh, university we, we would give you a, a dedicated framework that you, you know, uh, provide only this and this um, services, um, which uh, um, uh, would be a kind of an approach, uh, you know, uh, towards complexity reduction. Uh, but I'm not, not entirely sure that this should uh, go for uh, each and every, uh, you know, higher education um, in, the, in Europe and elsewhere. So uh, I think there is a a good uh, uh, balance or mixture between different higher education types. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what, is, uh, what is needed is, of course, a professional approach towards uh, change management. As we just, uh, when we started our discussion, I already mentioned those, those elements which are, I think, uh, uh, crucial, starting with the leadership uh, and most probably ending with, uh, you know, tools and, and, and instruments in order to to facilitate uh, uh, change, uh, change uh, processes. Um, of course, we have a, a number of issues uh, like funding, quality assurance, autonomy, uh, which definitely also influence, um, you know, a change, uh, change processes. And then we have these waves of, uh, of, uh, of, of change or kind of certain directions like the Bologna process was mm-hmm. such a wave or now uh, nowadays the European university initiatives. I think at the very moment, um, more than 300 universities are involved in, in, uh, um, in a uh, in dedicated uh, um, uh, European university initiative. So it, it seems that, that this way forward uh, could be a, um, also something that uh, universities are interested in. At this very moment, I don't know how sustainable mm-hmm. this kind of initiatives uh, uh, will be. I think that there is there are good examples where universities are really taking this very serious, and there is really a willingness uh, for this kind of a change. Why other universities join this kind of consortiums just uh, in order to join the club, but okay. not really, um, you know, eager to to entirely fulfill this, the driving idea of this European uh, universities um, um, initiative. Um, I think when it comes to change, we still should still keep this idea of institutional values, integrity, yes. by keeping, um, you know, this, the, the, the missions 
um, um, so to say, in the front of our uh, debates and, 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 and ideas, um, and relying uh, still on these, uh, well, factors or elements which we all know are crucial in this is the stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to change, you need your employees, you're not, you need your academics, you need your administration in order to facilitate and, and implement, uh, implement change. Yes, especially in a, in, an, in a university environment, which has, a, in most cases, especially here in Europe, uh, I think this is a standard, it has a shared governance structure, right? So it's crucial, I think, for changes to be implemented and to work to involve all the stakeholders within the university that that and that they feel that they are part of the change that, that they feel that they created the change as well. So co-creation, uh, it's a um, it's a, I think it's a it's a good practice for for managing change in a, in in a shared governance institution, especially. Right? What are your takes on this? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, this is not, you know, this is not reducing complexity. This is increasing complexity. But uh-huh. without this involvement, you can't really make sustainable improvements exactly. and changes. Exactly. So I think you need you 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 don't need only the commitment of saying, okay, like you know, I use this communities to inform, so that I have an informed change process. Uh-huh. Uh, but you should also rely on their different perspectives and try to incorporate in, into your change process. So very often I have a feeling that this is rather, you know, these arenas uh, with different communities and to listen to the, the needs is, uh, um, is, is rather kind of window dressing exercise in the change process to say, okay, we did this um, or because we had to do this, but in fact, there is no impact and the result of this kind of um, you know, involvement at, at all. And I think this is a very dangerous um, kind of a step. So uh, my recommendation would be then rather, you know, neglect this kind of a, uh, interaction instead of not taking, you know, really as a serious um, a contribution and different, uh, different communities. Because then they also, they are, you are losing the trust uh, mm-hmm. towards these this communities. And I think that that's also important that you don't use this instrument just to justify your already made decisions, uh, just to share this information with uh, with others. So I think this is about back to the issue of academic habitus. It's about you know the professional approach and towards uh, change management, um, and also valuing um, you know um, the time and resources which are others investing in order to help you as an institution. I think this is also, you know, and you talk to your alumni, when you talk to your, your uh, external uh, partners, they invest. And I think this is also something that you, you have to keep in mind that this is um, also, um, you know, a value uh, behind this. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that maybe these are those, those uh, issues which I would uh, look at or recommend when it comes to change process. Yeah. Speaking about academic habits, um, do you think they can actually be changed? Like, do you think... Oh, they are, hmm. they yes. are changing. I mean, they are changing. Okay. I mean, if you look to the different career pathways, if you, if you look to the, you know, the approaches, um, you know, um, how institutions are dealing with, uh, uh, you know, um, 
postdocs, uh, uh, the tenure track, uh, yes or no, I'm not, um, we are not going to talk about the tenure track today, but, yeah. but these are those, uh, you know, um, um, possible instruments or approaches which are already, already in place. And I think that the, the next generation um, early career uh, researcher, um, they bring in uh, additional competences uh, which a university and institution for definitely use in order to develop the organization for the, for the better. So I would here also recommend not only to listen to, uh, you know, uh, the, the well-established uh, experts and scholars uh, inside a university, but also to listen to this uh, uh, very dynamic uh, next generation scholars entering higher education. And there is also, I think, a huge danger uh, in the, some of the, the, the countries, um, and I would call here Austria and, 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 and Germany most probably as, an, as not that good examples, that, you, that those countries not really offering you know, a long-lasting uh, perspective for, um, for uh, uh, early career stage researchers or, um, a, uh, or a postdocs. So I, I, I think this is also... A, a huge uh, kind of debate these days about uh, this, uh, you know, um, um, well, fixed-term uh, relationships, and then also that after a number of years you have to leave academia if you did not get a, a proper position and so on. So there, I think, an, a number of issues here to be discussed, and uh, also maybe um, issues uh, which we should change when it comes to career developments and, and career perspectives in higher education, as well as how we could use those competences and uh, especially the next generation um, in order to develop our institutions for the better. Okay. And something came to my mind while you were, while you were um, explaining this issue. Um, you mentioned at the very beginning of, of our conversation, the willingness to change of the organization, right? Of the people, um, conforming the organization so this brings me to the topic of mindsets right because you need to have the like you need to have an open mindset and a flexible mindset in order to have to be willing to change right so would you say uh that this the the required mindset for change is right now existing in academia and universities or it still needs to be developed and if it needs to be developed what are your takes on the probabilities that academics actually change their mindsets? Um, okay. I, I think that, yeah, I, I think, you know, we have now this, because of COVID, this emergent case of, you know, for change. Mm -hmm. And then you got, you know, more or less this, this mode of change into your organization. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the question is, what is the best approach for each and every, I mean, for, for individual uh, universities. Mm -hmm. Most probably for some of them would be important to keep this, you know, level of change in order to, to, to maneuver and, and, and prepare the university for, uh, uh, for the future. In other cases, maybe the university is already in a, in a, you know, in a proper uh, kind of stage or setting that you don't need this kind of a speed or you don't need mm -hmm. this mode of change uh, in a in a permanent kind of uh, mode uh, or, or situation, so I think this is most probably from institution to institution uh, different. Um, 
but at least we have the window of opportunity. And uh, I think some of the universities uh, also, they really try to use this window of opportunity to, to bring in additional changes, mm-hmm. not only um, kind of driven by COVID, but yes. those kind of uh, uh, issues that they just couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, um, tackle um, um, in the last uh, uh, decade or so. So yes. there's some homeworks, uh, which, you know, they, they had uh, um, for many, many years on the table. Now they use this um, at the COVID, so they under the, you know, under the radar or with COVID to, to bring in uh, those change, changes in, into the university. Yeah, actually, I think uh, if we're talking about change management, actually, COVID was a good thing <laughs> for for pushing change management and for pushing the urgency, the urgency especially of, of change, right? Um, oh. One uh, Another thing I would like to cover here uh, that you also mentioned is I think the speed of change or the willingness to change or the, yeah, the underlying mindset under uh, changing an organization it depends, especially in a university, it depends as well of its nature, if it's public or private, right? What would you say this? I, because from, from what I've seen in my experience, like private universities, I come from Peru and Peru, the majority of universities are private. So they are much more um, depending on market trends and market needs because they need to make profit, right? They need to make revenue, which doesn't happen with public universities. So uh, how do you see this contrast between public and private universities? Uh, regarding I change. think yeah I think in, in general most probably you're right that you know that those private universities are more kind of uh, flexible towards change because they are you know from the origin very you know um, dedicated dedicated towards markets and uh, you know really did this uh, a you know um, approach of uh, a demand and and, and supply. Mm-hmm. While uh, public universities are maybe not that fast uh, because of their funding, because of their staff structures, um, and 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 so on, um, but I would not not uh, entirely agree with this uh, kind of black and white approach that okay. you know because of the nature of private public. I, I think this is this is more also related to you know the leadership. Of the of the particular of the particular university, I already mentioned it's the age, the size, uh, the strategy. Um, you know, the mission. This is a uh, um, um, kind of a, a specialized university. is a comprehensive university. In the case of a comprehensive university, most probably you you have a, a larger diversity uh, inside a university, so that mm, you might take a bit longer to negotiate with all different, you know, kind of actors and try to involve all of them while in a, a technical university or in my case, the University of Continuing Education with a dedicated kind of mission, it might be a bit, bit easier. So I, I, I think, I think that you, we, we can't really say that, you know, in one case it's easier, in another case it's a more, um, a more challenging. Uh, is a um, it's, it's and and then of course uh, those institutions are embedded in systems as just you said um, your case in in in, in, in Peru yes. in our cases you know in Austria we and you you have to also kind of bring in this change initiative into a context mm-hmm. into a higher education um, system and and this might uh, be also very you know important so how open minded is a, a 
uh, how flexible this high education system is towards uh, substantial changes, for example. Yes, yes. By the way, I'm not saying that this uh, market-oriented approach is the best one for universities. I actually don't believe so. Uh, at least in the case of Peru, this leads us to have a really low uh, research production because we are so, like universities in Peru are so focused on uh, being with the market and, and generating programs that are mark that have market fit in selling programs that are that leave research and innovation in a like in a second second uh stage let's say this which i don't think it's the right thing to do especially given uh in a, like um given the challenges of the future right okay but to close this interview i would like to um ask you one last question um so we i think we can agree that uh change is something that has to happen uh, in for all universities, uh, regardless of their nature, regardless of uh, their change status. There, some, of, some of them are more advanced, some of them are less advanced. Would you say that there is an alternative to change? Uh, would you say that there's an, like, is there a possibility of not changing uh, for universities that have uh, as you mentioned, you know, like high traditions, strong values, and an integrity that is already established and uh, that doesn't really um, communicate or go along with what the change requires. I think that the, you know, the, the, the notion of change is not mm -hmm. entirely, you know, negative connotated I, I i very often i have the feeling that we use change as you know well something something is wrong something is not working well and therefore we need a change so mm -hmm. you have immediately this you know this uh you know why we why we need to change we are doing doing good so why did this why change? fix what's not broken <laughs> and i think that this is this is a uh, this is the wrong kind of approach to to look oh. at then and on, on on you know this change um, issue i i i think that the change is is you know part of our entire life mm -hmm. i think we, I we change we change permanently mm -hmm. even within a day as individuals Yes. Um, and and I think that this is a, also the case when it comes to institutions, not only universities but but other um, organizations as well. The, the question is how 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 we are kind of you know perceiving change as a learning process or as an evil, um, you know, making our life a you know as a catastrophic exercise. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as we understand change as a learning process, and mm -hmm. this might, you know, fit quite well into the, the idea of learning organization and yes. the university, then I think this is something that we could uh, see as a necessity in, in order to, to keep our values, in order to, to keep our missions alive. Okay. Um, and maybe the very last point here if we neglect change mm -hmm. then we are neglecting reality mm -hmm. and i think this is a just moving back to the ivory tower mm -hmm. uh, which is also you know a possible strategy but this is not something that i think the society it's nothing sustainable to well. <laughs> and i think that that should be not the case um in mm -hmm. the future i i agree and i i really like 
this approach that you took about, I think, an, a good strategy for approaching change in, in an institution that has a lot of resistance to change is to understand change as a learning process and not as that you're doing something wrong and you have to change it, right? Like, I think this is a very, um, it's, a, it's a very good approach to uh, understanding the nature of change and to accepting change in, in a less difficult way, let's say this, in an easier way and, and having less difficulties in accepting change. Um, how to do that and how to convince the faculty that, that they should take this approach is another discussion that maybe we can have this in another podcast. Uh, for now, I think it's uh, our time to close, but I, 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 I definitely would like to, I will highlight this, this part, you know, like understanding, understanding the nature of change and understanding change as a, as a learning process might be the key of, of, of trying to, you know, uh, kind of fighting with all the resistance and overcoming the resistance. Thank you, Attila, for, for your insights. This has been a very, actually, indeed, a very insightful conversation. Um, and I don't know if you have any final remarks on what I just well, said. Or... Yeah, that's just thank you very much for uh, inviting me. Uh, it was uh, um, quite interesting also to, you know, to reflect uh, um, on, 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 on those issues um, regarding uh, uh, change and you know the different aspects of your own change and this is i think uh, not a you know you, you look to the literature is a is a huge number of uh, you know publications related to to change in uh, in, in 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 higher education and uh, so thank you very much for picking up this uh, this uh, this, to this topic mm -hmm. and uh, um yeah i hope that i could uh, um, also contribute with maybe one or another idea Yes, here to, to take forward. And uh, again, this is not a revolution. Mm -hmm. It's an evolutionary uh, yes. topic and an evolutionary approach. And uh, well, thank you very much. And uh, well, uh, all the best. Although I would say that some evolutionary process requires some kind of revolutions, but then we can discuss about this <laughs> somewhere this in the future. A, yeah, well, this is, you know, this is not so also I'm evolution. A rebel, I'm a rebel, you know, sorry. also evolution. No, no, also yeah. evolution had some. Uh, revolutionary steps or moats or you know or epochs so this is not not the case but uh, in general thank you for listening to the innovation in higher education podcast follow us on linkedin and subscribe to our newsletter to not miss any episode you can also find us on instagram and tiktok as at innovation in higher ed cheers <laughs>